It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the finfanatic.com website and the fan sided network. I'm Brian Cat, NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. You know, Paul, looking at the preseason, you know, with three games here, it's it's pretty clear what each one is about. The first one is to really get for each team to, to just wet the whistle, get on the field. The third one is for the players trying to make the roster. And the second one is really the dress rehearsal. And if that's the case tonight, even though the Falcons did not start a lot of players tonight, um, this was fun. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, uh, Tua Tugavailoa leads the offense to 75 and 76-yard touchdown drives, has another 68-yard drive. Sam Egwavon blows the doors off the place. And uh, we didn't lose Jalen Waddell. So uh, <laughs> that helps. Yeah, he looked uh, pretty devastated over what pretty much seemed to be a bruise. It looked like he got kicked in the thigh on the replay. Uh, no, this was an exciting game. I mean, I never expected Sam Egwavon to uh, look like the second coming of Lawrence Taylor in this one, uh, no matter who it was up against. Sam Egwavon went to the same college, Texas Tech, as Zach Thomas. I'm not saying they're the same player. I'm not saying he'll even make the roster. But, you know, when you look at the game here, you know, it, we're looking for players that are going to step up and are going to make – make an impact to the point where you start thinking, okay, they may make a, a difference in that final 53-man roster that's going to be set on August 30th. So, Egovon certainly made the case, and it's also a really congested linebacker spot behind Jerome Baker and Bernard Rick McKinney um, with Egovon, Brennan Scarlett, Duke Riley, Shaq Griffin. I mean... A lot of different guys there. So, Egwavon, it's it's hard in just one preseason game to put yourself on the roster. And maybe he didn't here, but, it, you know, this made a huge impact for him and for the game, obviously. Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with their performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Ready for an out-of-this-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. It very much did. Now, I'm going to take a little different tack than I think a few folks are with this one. 
It's Egwavon has no chance of starting in this defense. I mean, he does have an opportunity to be a role player. But again, coming in to be that pass rush threat in a normal game with guys like Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, etc. on the roster. I think that Miami's best bet at this point, if Chris Greer is a smart man, is Egwavon's value will never be higher than it is right here, right now, tonight. He's not going to come out and throw down a four-sack game with a safety next week. I'd love it if he did, but he's probably not going to. I'd be on the phone with teams like Green Bay, teams like Detroit, teams like Washington, teams that have needs at the linebacker position, and just seeing, eh, what would you guys think about giving up for a player like Sam Aguavon, who just basically showed everybody that he can be the guy? Well, it... Yeah, and those are the teams that would be in the market for linebacker there. My thing on that is even for what he did tonight, it, you're probably not going to get more than a late-round pick for him. Probably not, but it's you, you've got some tough cuts to make anyway. You've got some tough choices to make anyway. He's a guy that I have on my final 53, uh, at least one of them or two of them or three of them because we've done a few so far. And he's is he monumentally better than... Duke Riley or, or Shaq Griffin? Possibly not. And what you may be able to do, you may be able to flip him for a player that may not be making that roster in a position that you have a need for. Uh, I know we just traded for Greg Little this past week, but you may be able to shop around for a discounted offensive tackle for, from a team that really needs the linebacker help. Shake money, you're the man, dude. Um, you know, you may be able to shop to one of these teams that basically might have a better bruising running back than, than Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Brown, because it's, yes, Malcolm Brown, Jared Dokes, they averaged over four yards a carry tonight, but this is a very bad Falcons defensive line and defense overall. So, like, I am very optimistic what I saw as far as performance goes from a, a bunch of folks on offense tonight. I also am not under the illusion that a defense that was missing a couple of people and was bad when, when at full strength anyway... Um, is the true litmus test for things like the running game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sam Aguavon had, had a great game here tonight, and you know, if, if it increases the value to the point where you can flip him for a late-round pick or for another player, I mean, maybe that's something worth looking at. Um, but it, the, the big thing, though, I, I don't think it's – I think after something like tonight, and given that Sam, Sam Aguavon has been on the team for the last three years um, – He's always played well when he's gotten on the field. He can play special teams, and you know he he can be that two down linebacker as well. So I I I would rather just keep him on the roster unless you get you get a decent offer for him, which I don't think the Dolphins will. Um, so so uh, the more important thing for me on the offensive side of the ball was the play of Tua, sixteen completions. So he went 16 for 23, 183 yards and a touchdown tonight. Drives of 75 yards, 76 yards. And if not for a, I'm not going to say drop by Malcolm Perry, but it's a catch that that's he's got to make in that situation on fourth down. We might have been talking about three drives of 70-plus yards that ended in touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he started off the game, what, eight for eight, which... If memory serves, and I can pull up the box score and double check, uh, yeah, 
he had more completions in a row to start the game than the Falcons' offense had, period, tonight, uh, which is, is pretty impressive. And I think it was the ninth pass of the game was one that uh, I believe it was Jalen Waddle dropped on that one. Even though it was a little bit of a tough catch, it was still a catchable ball. So, I mean, yeah, Tua looked locked in tonight. And it's, it's funny, too, when you look at the box score because there were a number of players that felt like they just had an amazing game and didn't put up a huge stat line. Guys like Mac Hollins yet again. Um, you know, it, it's very interesting to see where Miami goes with that wide receiver room because some of the top guys have been hurt, but some of the guys up behind them have been performing well. Robert Foster had his best night tonight. Uh, you know, Mac Hollins continues to impress. Kirk Merritt had a fantastic night tonight. Um, and there are going to be some very tough cuts. I believe it was Jason Taylor said on the broadcast tonight that there are going to be guys that don't make this roster that end up playing significant roles on other teams, especially at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the wide receiver, linebackers stepping up tonight. They, they certainly did that. I mean, uh, Kirk Merritt really making a case, maybe not for the 53-man roster because they're, it's, it's so stocked right now, but you know, he has a great 27-yard catch and run from Jacoby Brissett, and it, you know it's in line with what he's been doing in practice as well, according to reports. And then uh, there's uh, the touchdown late in the game there from Reed Sinette, where he separates and and uses great body positioning to do that as well. And Robert Foster, you know, can play special teams. Um, he it averaged over 20 yards a catch for the Bills a couple of years ago. And you saw that separation on that touchdown, too, here. And as far as I'm concerned, Matt Collins has made the roster. I mean, I, I think it's as close to a lock as you can get at this point. Not only is he a great special teamer, but every time, it, you know, Tua throws him the ball, he looks like more of a complete receiver. Yeah, no, this was the best I've really seen Matt Collins look. And it has nothing to do with the defense he was up against. It has to do with the way that he played. And, you know, the defense was bad, but Tua was locked in tonight. He was putting the ball in places only his receiver could get it. Uh, it it's and, and even Brissett, I think, had had a good game as well. So I do feel com- even more comfortable now. I know he was a guy that we targeted before Miami signed him. But I feel even more comfortable now if he needs to play a role at any point in time. Um, so, yeah, no, there's a lot to like about this. And, Kat, we've got our first big earn reference in chat. So... I thought you'd you'd appreciate that one. Oh, big earn! I, I was saving one for uh, for the end of the show here for uh, for Dolphinator um, thirteen on on Twitter. I'm not sure if if that's him because because I don't I don't look at the chat a lot of the times here. And then I, I had to be a Munson and bring it up early. Uh, a Munson. So yeah, I mean uh, Duke Riley is somebody at the linebacker spot to to quote Big Earn. He's on a gravy train with biscuit wheels at this point. Um, so. Calvin Munson with a unbelievable handsy interception there uh, in the third quarter. And Munson is somebody who has been on the Dolphins. The minute he got on the roster late in 2019, he has dressed and played in every game because of his special teams ability. They're also giving him looks at outside linebacker, inside linebacker throughout camp. So that's typically not something you do if you're planning to cut a player like Calvin Munson. That's why I'm going to have him probably on my next uh, updated 53-man roster, especially after tonight. 
I'll, I'll give you a sneak peek. I still don't. <laughs> but no, it's, I mean, it's a tough. It's a tough group. It's a tough competition, and I think Duke Riley's on the on the outside uh, looking in right now. Well, I mean, you look around, and and I agree with you on Riley. You look around this team, and, and really the depth just stands out like crazy tonight. I mean, Ignatius brought up in chat that you know Strobridge was in on the safety. He's a guy that's right on the bubble of this team. You look at some of the defensive tackle play tonight. Butler played out of his mind. Uh, Zach Sealer had a huge stuff. You know, Nick Needham continued to show on the boundary yet again that he has a lot of value for this team, and he's an ascending player. Jamal Perry played well in limited action. Uh, you, you, uh, top to bottom across the defense at the wide receiver position. The tight end position is going to feature some tough cuts. Uh, and, and even the running back room is going to have some tough cuts. So it's it's pretty impressive that we seem to have tough cuts almost everywhere other than at quarterback, and we're pretty dialed in with Tua and Jacoby Brissett. Absolutely. And uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, I already know what he can do and what he can't do. I mean, it, look, if for, for our listeners who don't know, for he, he had – the lowest interception rate for, I, I don't know what it was, 600 or 700 plus passes for anybody else in the history of the NFL. We know what this guy can do. He's a big, tall quarterback. He's smart. He checks the ball down and he avoids interceptions. And that's exactly what you want there at the as, as backup quarterback. Because if if it's a situation where, heaven forbid, uh, Tua goes down, Jacoby Brissett gets in there. You want somebody who's just going to hold a finger in the dam. That's exactly what Jacoby Brissett can do. Um, and Reed Sinet gets in there and throws a touchdown to Kirk Merritt. I still can't stand watching him throw a football. He looked a little bit better tonight. I mean, I guess, you know, can they please draft a quarterback in the sixth or seventh round? Just to j- just to give us something to watch here in the third and fourth quarter of preseason games. Yeah, I mean I'm with you on that. You know I want one at least every other year, if not every year. Uh, but I'm happy with the quarterback position. We've got other needs to fill. It, it's <clears throat> unfortunately no Igbenogany though continues to be a little bit of a disappointment. Um, I really expected more based on what I was hearing at the end of the season last year but I didn't even like him returning kickoffs in this game. I'm with you. I mean, I, even if Igbenogany takes a step up, I, I'm really worried about how good he's actually going to be long-term. And, and I just don't see it with him. I mean, he looks like so. if you see him out there, maybe it's a number nine jersey, I don't know. But if you see him out there in the third, fourth quarter of this preseason game, he looks like just another guy. And that's not something that you want out of a former first-round pick. Um, you know, at least you know for everything I've said about Austin Jackson uh, at left tackle, he at least looks the part. He just needs to get a lot of things corrected, and he's been playing very, very poorly here these these last two these last two preseason games. I've got to take a quicker or, or more of a look at him um, tonight, but. I mean, another holding penalty, another potentially drive killer, that's not going to cut it during the regular season for Austin Jackson. It's not, but I thought he looked okay in this one. I thought he did progress from last game. 
the guy I kind of liked when he got in at, at, at offensive tackle, even though you didn't hear his name a lot, was was Liam Eikenberg. Um, but you know, I, I I thought Larnell Coleman had another good night. Uh, yeah, I thought Solomon Kinley played played well yet again, and and really, there wasn't much along the offensive line that was a problem tonight. Granted, we already talked about the fact that the Falcons' D line isn't the biggest test in the world, but you know, Shake, I know you brought up in chat. We have tough cuts everywhere except the O line. I think the O line actually is going to have some tough cuts because, Cat, when we talked about our fifty three, I think we had eight locks, and we expect one more to make the team at this point or maybe seven locks and two more make the team, which is a pretty good place to be. And then you've got guys like Robert Jones, who I know is an undrafted, but they threw the farm at as far as an undrafted goes. Larnell Coleman, who's playing very well. Um, I thought Jesse Davis played well tonight. He's still a lock for me. And then, you know, you've got that battle for the backup center job between your buddy Cam Tom and Matt Skip the Ball Scurra. So it's... Hey, Matt Skura played tonight, and he looked good snapping the ball. And I think physically, he's a lot better than than Cam Tom. Yeah, I'm going to call him from now on Cameron Thompson, even though it's it's not his last name. Um, <laughs> Matt, Skura, no, I thought Skura looked pretty decent. And but overall, what it comes down to, I I think you've really got seven locks on the team. Yeah, you've got Austin Jackson. Solomon Kinley, uh, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, uh, Liam Eikenberg, Greg Little, and uh, Jesse Davis. Th- those are your seven locks on the offensive line. And then you're going to probably keep two more. I hope Larnell Coleman is one of them because, yeah, I agree with you. He looks the part, and he looked good tonight. And coming out of UMass, I mean, a raw, raw player. And if he's showing this this much technique this early – that's really good for a seventh round pick. So, Cat, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you there and just preview. You know, if we do an updated 53 man prediction this week, I, I pretty much have Coleman in the lock camp at this point with the positional flexibility he's got and how good he's looked already, which is well ahead of any type of schedule anybody would have had for him, uh, except maybe you know Mama Coleman. Uh, I'm I'm in a good place there. So I'll transition it to another seventh round pick that you've had on your 53 man roster and that's uh garrett dokes he looked better tonight but he's going to be a tough keep the way it's going right now um it's the o-line i think was opening some massive holes uh i'm not buying on him or malcolm even though i think they do keep malcolm at this point uh i i think gaskin and ahmed had a fan did a fantastic job not just in the running game, but in the receiving game tonight. And and really, I still think Miami keeps Laird based on the chemistry I saw with, with him and Tua last year, heading into this year. They, they started throwing Laird out in the third down role in this game, and I think that's going to be his role. So, yeah, I mean, it, there's going to be some cuts at the running back position, and I don't think they're going to be as tough as people think they should be. I have Doke still off the roster right now, and yeah, I, I saw some holes in the third and fourth quarter tonight, and Dokes didn't hit him. I mean, for me, he's a rookie, and he's not fast enough. That That's what it comes down to, and I think that's what's ultimately going to get him cut. Um, the question is, I think it's going to be a, a battle 
for for a practice squad role between Jordan Scarlett and Garrett Dokes. And, and I think actually Scarlett's going to end up winning that. Uh, Scarlett is quick to the hole, and I, I like that about him. And I can't say the same right now about Dokes. Um, but let's. Uh, yeah, what else? I mean, uh, defensive back Justin Coleman uh, should have had a touchdown allowed against him tonight against uh, Christian Blake, the Falcons wide receiver, basically bounced right off his chest. And Nick Needham continues every time he gets on the field, looks like the third best cornerback on this roster. And unlike last year, I say that he has earned the, the ability to say that he's the number three cornerback on this roster behind Xavier Howard and behind Byron Jones. I would go a step further with that. He's shown at this point that if Byron Jones or Xavier Howard go down with an injury, two amazing corners as we know, I'm comfortable with Nick starting for a game or two while they get healthy um, and, and, and allowing them to get healthy, which is a great thing to have, especially from somebody who's who's not costing a huge amount of salary cap space and, and really there aren't huge accept, uh, expectations for. He is doing his job and doing it very well right now. I think he's got it absolutely locked up as the third corner. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, Jason Sanders missed a field goal tonight. I mean, it was a 56-yarder, but even that looks pretty weird, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it, it's you know, I, I'm going to chalk it up to preseason, and you know he got a little bored and sleepy with the fact that Miami was winning so heavily that uh, it, maybe he tired out his leg on extra points. I'm not sure yet. Oh, it was not a tired leg, that's for sure, because he hit the net like right in the middle of the net, just a little bit to the left. So he's he's good to go. It just I'm I'm, I'm goofing around on that. Um, Carl Tucker was out on the field a little bit tonight at fullback was a completely useless football player. So I, I am going to say that he, I'm going to predict Paul that he gets cut. I'm sure along with Cameron, Tom No. here, when the dolphins go, um, when the dolphins make their next string of cuts here, look, Roy, just cause you want Munson on the team does not mean <laughs> you get to cut our fullback. No, I, th- I think Tucker loses out to Seathan Carter anyway. I do think they no. keep Seathan Carter on the roster, use him in that H-back role, occasionally kick him into a fullback. Uh, I, he's just outplayed Tucker at this point. Although I wouldn't be shocked either if somebody shakes out that they think could be even better in that spot. You know, Seathan Carter's roster spot is not safe either. Uh, yes, yeah, I mean, I don't think Michael Agnew makes the roster at this point either. But, no, it, it's – yeah, no – he was a I'm useless such player a, at a very valuable position is what I'll say. How's that? I'm such a big Mizzou fan, too, and, man, they have let down us Dolphins fans. Michael Agnew, Charles Harris. If, if, <laughs> yeah. Keep your Mizzou fans away from my Dolphins. I think it's just because you probably have a couple of Mizzou jerseys at home. You just jinxed anything with them stepping near the Dolphins. I've got... I have uh, on my shelf to the left uh, Char- a Charles Harris signed football and a Drew Locke signed football. Uh. <laughs> so for any listeners that are new here, I- I- I'm going to share with you. If Cat ever says he bought a New Jersey autographed item from a player, 
picture of a player, takes a selfie with a player, basically does anything other than analyzes a player. Just, I want you guys to scream at him in the chat because he basically will take a, a very good player or a player with a lot of potential, and he is worse than the Madden curse when it comes to this stuff. Absolutely worse than the Madden curse. He takes their career and sets it on fire. I mean, th there's no bigger example ever than your damn Jonathan Martin jersey. <laughs> yeah, I still have that up in my closet here. Uh, I, I wonder if, 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 how much could I get for that? I, I don't know if it's like an iconic piece or if it's something that would be like $5. At this point, you'd have to be a hipster to wear a Jonathan Martin jersey around. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. That's exactly right. Wear it ironically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, tonight was a fun night really watching this game here, and I'm looking forward to going back and looking at the offensive line play. Um, one player I want to highlight, too, is uh, Liam Eichenberg because Eichenberg played all four quarters tonight. He played guard. He played tackle. And clearly they were trying to get Eichenberg some work here, and you've got to think that they're trying to really push him into the starting lineup. Yeah, I think they're trying to get their best five on the field, and given the positional flexibility a lot of them have, I do. Th I really liked him at tackle tonight. Uh, I know he doesn't meet some of the, you know, draft stock measurables, but I, I really liked him at tackle, and I thought when he came out there at tackle, I think Kinley was at guard, Hunt was at guard, Dieter was at center, and Austin Jackson was at the other tackle. I thought Eichenberg played very well, and I thought the line looked better, and the offense as a whole performed better. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I think he shows great body control, and that's what these preseason games are all about. I want to see what the player looks like physically, and Eichenberg, even coming off injury, looked great physically. Um, as far you know, he's six foot six, three hundred and six pounds. Yeah, he's got to add some weight, but technically, he's extremely sound. And the player I continue to compare him to, even though I I wasn't crazy about the pick at the time is uh, Justin Pugh, who uh, uh, was a former first-round pick in 2013 of the Giants, is right now starting for the Cardinals, where he's going to – the odds of him not getting on the field at any position is so low that it's – you know, he, he's going he's gonna to get on the field if he stays healthy, and he's going to be a, at least a good player. The ceiling may not be quite that high, but – He's probably going to be a good player with good versatility, and that's what this offensive line needs right now. Yeah, and, and while we're on the subject Adam Burke brought up in, in our chat, it, if they do know who the starters are already on the offensive line, I don't think they do. Uh, I think they've got their inklings about it, but I think they're really truly trying out different formulas along that offensive line to see which unit plays the best together. And... I like that approach, especially I like I like the way that they drafted these guys and signed these guys and went after these guys and built up a stable of players that can play multiple positions so that they can truly see which five offensive linemen play the best together. And, and that's a great way to do it because you're going to get the best value out of each of those players based around that. I think we can lock in three players – at these positions uh, for week one, Austin Jackson, at left tackle, uh, Michael Dieter at center and Robert Hunter, right guard. Um, I would say not lock in hunt. I think he's close. 
but I still think they're flirting with the idea of moving him back to tackle if it gives him the best lineup. Yeah, m- maybe. Um, I think he I starts, think, but I think they see him as a Pro Bowl guard. Uh, otherwise, I, I I think they would have been flipping a little bit more with him at this point because he, he's he's played basically every snap at right guard mm-hmm. up to this point, and so I, I think they would have been messing with a few different combinations if not. But it's good to know that Robert Hunt played right tackle at a pretty high level last year, but they see him as a Pro Bowl right guard. So that's we'll see. But you, you, to to me, you've got three you've got three starters: uh, Austin Jackson, Michael Dieter, and Robert Hunt. As far as week one, I'm not saying I agree with necessarily Dieter or Austin Jackson, but that's that's what's going to happen in, in, in week one. The other ones are pretty fluid at, at left guard and right tackle. I, I will say I agree with Dieter at this point. Um, it, it's he has won the job um, in my eyes. Unless he comes out and just gets the yips in, in game three in limited action, he has won the job, at least as far as week one goes. Absolutely. And um, I'll end the show too, Paul, with saying that Miles Gaskin, man, was I ever wrong about this guy. <laughs> I mean, uh, 71 total yards tonight, uh, 27 rushing yards and 44 receiving yards and what a great um check down option for for Tua. I mean it, it seems like there's so much on the same page and he's so football smart where when things break down Tua climbs the pocket finds Miles Gaskin. We saw that last year in the Bengals game. If you want to go back to that game and a, where, where the pocket breaks down, Tua rolls out as a rookie and files, finds Miles Gaskin downfield. Um, they're, they're just, they just seem to be on the same page. And I wish we could have three Miles Gaskin right now. If, 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 if only you had a good buddy of yours that very publicly tried to tell you about Miles Gaskin uh, when they drafted him. I, I won't say who. Uh, thank you, John Gordon. I I appreciate you. Um, but it's oh yeah, that, that was that was this guy, this guy right here when they drafted Gaskin was on the Gaskin train. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I already patted myself on the back for that one though. And Mike Hall said, and I agree, Cat. For God's sakes, don't buy a Gaskin jersey. Please don't buy a Gaskin jersey. No, I I've I've uh, retired on buying uh, jerseys. Uh, I, uh, you said I that once Z- before. And I saw you- Zach. No, I, it's it's been a couple years. Uh, Zach, I I really wanted to buy a Zach Thomas one the other day, but there's no way in hell he's he's going to the Hall of Fame if I end up buying that jersey. So I won't. That's my promise to you. And that's going to do it for our show tonight. Uh, be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, finfanatic.com, and the Fan Sided Network too. Uh, be sure to follow me at Brian Cat NFL, Paul at Fanatic underscore Pick. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.